Welcome back, everybody. I'm Tina. And I'm Jen. And this is The Sinistry, a podcast where we discuss some of our favorite fictional characters as we explore their astrological signs and sinistries. We're kicking off our first March episode, Women's History Month, with a celeb that has recently been having a major moment. It's Anne Hathaway. We keep seeing her everywhere, looking fabulous front row fashion week on red carpets at Cannes, dancing after parties. She's literally aging backwards, looking absolutely gorgeous. All this aside, she's an insanely talented actress, like serious acting chops. Girls got range, a great voice, great career. And Jen, she's a New Yorker. She's from Brooklyn. BK like you. Yes. (laughs) Love that Brooklyn connection. Okay, so in today's ep, we chose our three fave Anne Hathaway movies to explore. The Princess Diaries of The Devil Wears Prada. Also of. (laughs) (laughs) True. And then threw in a random not so of one, The Dark Knight Rises. Obsessed. Are you a Batman fan? Lifer. Plus Christopher Nolan's take. Chef's kiss chef's kiss so Anne truly shined in all these films and i can't wait to dive in but first let's talk about her here are some fun facts for the rest of the episode i will be referring to her as annie because that's what her true friends call her and <laughs> she didn't have a say in this but we are now true friends <laughs> another fun fact her husband looks like william shakespeare and some people think he's a reincarnation and will shakespeare was married to an Anne hathaway stop Yes. So this is like a running theory in the world. People are like, he is William Shakespeare. She is Anne Hathaway. And he is a reincarnation. Wow. (laughs) So just throw that into the mix. Also, her mom was an actress and she actually had played Fontaine as well. So Annie had some familiarity with the profession. But at one point, she had dreams of becoming a nun. Oh, my God. Another similarity. Did you want to be a nun? I went to nun camp, Tina. What is nun camp? None of your business. None of your business. (laughs) No, but really, what is nun camp? You you don't want to know. This podcast is way too short for that story. We'll have a whole other episode. Um, So she, she got the Princess Diaries role with one audition. She met with director Gary Marshall, and the two hit it off immediately. At some point during the audition, Hathaway recalled, I got really nervous and fell out of my chair. And I think that's what he was most impressed with. So fun fact, just by her being herself, she landed Mia Thermopolis. So Jen, let's kick it off with Annie's big three. Okay, what if, though, we flip the script a bit today, Tina? How's that? (laughs) How about you guess her big three? Oh. Wait, did you look it up? No. (laughs) Be honest. No, I swear I did not look it up, but I'm nervous because I feel like I've been training for this moment and now is my time to shine, but I'm going to fail because I still don't know all of this stuff. (sighs) Well, you should be nervous. Because there actually is a right answer here, (laughs) unlike all the fictional characters that I do the big three for, but we don't know her personally, unfortunately, Tina, so there are no wrong answers here. Okay. I feel like I know her, Annie. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to guess. I have like three in mind that I have to narrow down. Well, I guess I have to do her big three, but like for her sun sign, I have three ideas. I okay 
So no pressure. All the pressure. <laughs> I feel like she could be a Cancer. I feel okay. like she could be a Capricorn, and I feel like she could be a Virgo. So maybe I can just move those to be her big three. So I will say Capricorn Sun, Virgo Moon, and I forget the last thing, Cancer <laughs> Rising. No, what is okay. it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what you – well, you said Cancer as the first guess. So no, Cap- Capricorn Sun. Right. Cap- Capricorn Sun, uh, Virgo Moon, okay, Cancer Rising. Yeah, that final answer. <laughs> final answer. Okay, you're wrong on every level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Is she any it's of those? Up to me. No, but I see where you're going with the Cancer because I feel like <laughs> I feel like for actors, especially an actor like her level you know did she win an oscar is she an oscar winner i think for i think she won for fontaine for fontaine okay i can't say it for early miz yeah okay makes sense i just think that water has to be not has to be but i think water presence is important for acting because you are just so connected with human emotion yes um so i get where you're going with the cancer i think the virgo capricorn maybe her being an ambitious person or going for what she wants in her yeah. career and like Vir- <laughs> don't cry <laughs> wait can i try again yes is she pisces one more time no no oh, god damn it yeah. <laughs> you guys this is why jen does the big three and i i do the synopsis i'm here for the synopsis <laughs> Well, it, okay, so this is not fair, though, because she is a real person with a real big three. So this is just all, you're just basing it on what you, what like I how see. she presents herself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I totally would not it. have been able. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't have been able to guess her big three correctly. And it just wouldn't be unless she was in the room and we were hanging with Annie. Okay, what about, so... like, Taurus? Is she a Taurus? No. Damn it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'll stop now. Stop. <laughs> You're going to like her big three very much. Okay, so... Oh, so she's a Libra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sort of. Okay, let me... So Anne Hathaway born November 12th, which is... Libra. No. Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, my God. Baby. That's so unfair. Yesterday I was thinking she was a Scorpio, but then I was like, maybe I think she's a Scorpio because I feel like she could act as a really good serial killer, and it took it back to the you episode and then i didn't want to be like anna hathaway's a silly serial killer little annie gosh darn it well she has got a scorpio sun a libra moon and a sagittarius rising wow three things i did not say and was nowhere close to (laughs) (laughs) so like yourself sagittarius rising which is awesome that's her presentation of self. Um, okay. And I think that the Libra moon is awesome. That's another thing she's got in common with you. And yeah. Me. And then Scorpio sun. So she's sort of got this, you know, passion, intensity, capability to connect with human characters, a sensitivity and empathy. Um, and then her presentation is fiery, you know, going for what she wants, a real like student of the universe, like. Her mind is very spongy. She's curious. She wants to know about all things. 
she's very philosophical she's world traveling she's probably like it doesn't hasn't she been married to foreigners in the past like doesn't she always sort of link up with like foreign men or did I make I, that up I think her current husband is American but I, I do believe she was married before yeah oh, look at and Libra moon you know so she's got this charm and this grace and this like love for beauty and art and her you know presentation of self is good partnership means a lot to her so yeah I think that makes sense for Annie <laughs> little but Annie. I like your guesses I think your guesses oh, make a lot of sense you know what I mean if if we didn't know her birth date I, I don't think they're invalid guesses at all I think you're you know here's an actress who you could tell she's like a go-getter she goes after what she wants she's a little bit too much sometimes I didn't always love Annie <laughs> But that's kind of like myself. Like I often say to myself, like, you're too much. Like I have a hard time handling myself. So I should have realized we have the same signs except for the uh, sun. Yeah. But no, she's definitely intense. So that's that Scorpio. But yeah. And I think we do see her big three come out in her roles. And even like how you said she fell off the chair at the audition. Yes. And there's even a scene in Princess Diaries where she falls off the chair. Do you remember when she's yeah, crossing yeah, yeah. her legs? <laughs> and yeah, that's sort of very like I wanted to pin her personality wise as something mutable, which Sagittarius is, because there's a little bit of like chaos to all of her characters. Yeah. I think that's like comes across like from her basic personality traits, if that makes sense. Definitely. Okay, so should we take it back to two thousand one and dive into Princess Diaries? That was 2001? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> we were just mere children. <laughs> we old. Except not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Kick us off with the synopsis for all these Gen Zers that did not get to grow up with this masterpiece. Okay. We find ourselves fresh out of the clutches of Y2K in San Francisco, California, where Mia Thermopolis, a 15-year-old frizzy-haired, bushy-eyebrowed, which was not acceptable back in these archaic times, braces-wearing, yes, the metal ones, nerdy high school student, lives in a converted firehouse with her artist mother. An absentee grandmother, the glorious Julie Andrews, appears in town out of the blue to reveal to Mia that she is actually a princess and the heir to the throne of Genovia, a completely made-up country that sounds magical nonetheless. So Mia, who never knew her her father or anything about this whole royal lineage situation now must choose whether to accept her claim to the throne and save Genovia or remain an invisible dorky teenager. So Jen, let's get into Mia. Perfect. Amelia <laughs> Mignonette Thermopolis Rinaldi. Princess of Genovia. <laughs> so we, we sort of get this picture of Mia through these first few scenes where she's in her high school uniform, not too concerned with her physical appearance, a rather stereotypical dork for that time period, <laughs> scootering to school with her oddball friend Lily, who is equally, if not more so, a bit of a dork. <laughs> At least she's, she's more owning and thriving in her dorkiness, I guess, while Mia is awkwardly floundering in it. And we see their friendship. We see that Mia has a crush on the hottest, most popular boy in school. Uh, what is that actor's heartthrobby early aughts? Eric. Eric Von Detten, a.k.a. Brink. <laughs> Did you ever watch Brink? No, I didn't. The Disney. What? I know. Oh, my gosh. Disney original channel movies are the best. 
and Brink was one of the best. It's about a rollerblader and this rollerblading competition. There's a mean guy named Val that throws – he throws a milkshake in Val's face. Eric Von Detten was like a Disney hottie. Amazing. I I remember him from – what are those – remember Bop? Like the magazine? Like Bop It? I know. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I even like Bop It. Twist it. <laughs> shake it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, dear. We're getting up there. We're getting up there, T. <laughs> oh my god! So and Mandy Moore, hilarious playing. Oh my god! Yes, the popular cheerleader stereotype. So thoroughly overused in the early aughts. So Mia is this cool single artist mom, and they live in a firehouse, which is also super cool. But we don't really get a backstory on that or the why of that. But we are yeah. more given. The scene at her high school in which she's completely invisible, like someone literally sits on her at one point because they don't see her. (laughs) (laughs) So we have this awkward, shy, gangly teenager, this outspoken humanitarian friend. She seems to have a good friendship type of relationship with her mom in the beginning and then comes into the scene that breaks her whole world apart, enters this total foil to everything that represents Julie Andrews as her grandmother who is apparently the queen of Genovia. So we have Julie Andrews, the exact opposite of Mia, exquisitely put together, refined, charming, graceful, confident, polite, where Mia is this chaotic, frazzled, ruffled, very unaware of herself type of person, very unaware of her body, very uncomfortable with herself. So throughout the film we definitely get this metamorphosis of mia this transformation of this classic ugly duckling into the graceful swan and there's this also also hilariously overused early aughts rom-com stamp the makeover music montage where we see the whole styling team wax them eyebrows (laughs) oh my god r.i.p why did we all do this (laughs) r.i.p all the millennial eyebrows thanks annie uh, yeah, but they defrizz the hair, take away the glasses, etc. And here she is, this fresh-faced beauty, ready to become a princess of a small European country at the age of 15. <laughs> it's all about the look. Apparently. <laughs> so, sorry, I do have a point with all this descriptiveness, um, but here we have this shy, awkward, clumsy, kind of lost character who suddenly emerges by the end of this movie as this charming royal figure And I really did chalk most of her awkwardness up to simply the fact that she's a 15-year-old girl in 2001 without TikTok tutorials. (laughs) But I used (laughs) some of that chaoticness to determine her big three. So Mia Thermopolis, and I actually need your help here, Tina. Um, I had issues with deciding. I wanted to give her mutable energy because of her physical frazzled presentation um, she just seems so scattered as a person. So I'm torn between a sun in Gemini or a sun in Virgo. Ooh. So we've got but both I feel like mutable. whatever I say is going to be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really just – I'm just leaving it up to you because this is all fictional. And I just really would swing either way, I think, on this point. I'm a little bit more set on her moon and her rising. But as far as the sun, I was a little torn. Like, yeah, I, I think – I think I'm leaning Virgo simply because of her. I was going to say Virgo. <laughs> and I swear, it's not like just because you said it. And I'm like, you know, me too. Um, I really was going to say Virgo because I, my like first thought when I think of Gemini is like the twin. And I know that the, 
there's way more that I need to learn about a Gemini. But when I think of Virgo, I think of someone who's like more grounded and I feel like she's like okay with being a nerd and she like wants the hot guy, but it's not until someone makes her over that she is like really into her appearance. Absolutely. So there's something like grounding about her. Yeah, I love that. Well, that was a big help. I think that I'm, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I take back everything I said earlier, though. <laughs> okay, so we're calling the Anthropopolis a Virgo sun. I went with a Libra moon. Love that. And a Sagittarius rising, which are the same oh my as... Oh, yeah, so just Annie. Yeah. <laughs> because remember, she was young making this movie, and I feel like she implemented some of herself into this, but this was not necessarily why I chose these. It, this was a lot more so... You know, I wanted the mutable energy for the presentation of it. Obviously, I went with either Virgo or Gemini for the sun because they're both very intelligent signs. And she's clearly very smart. You know, even with this new situation thrust at her, she's got to make quick decisions. She's got to, you know, think on the fly, use her wit. um, And so definitely intellectual, sharp, you know, Uh, even though she causes chaos everywhere, she always manages to sort of smooth things out. And then over time throughout the film, you see this emergence of a quite charming and diplomatic Mia, which I think plays out as this Libra moon quality. And it was like it was sort of inside her all along to kind of morph into this role of leadership and confidence. And I gave her Sagittarius rising because she's always in motion, you know, from the scootering around to the rock climbing, (laughs) her, her extracurricular interests. There's a lot of movement with her and interest in learning She's pretty blunt with the things she says and she does, which is quite fiery, although she certainly didn't get the hand-eye coordination that some of the more athletic fire signs have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That gym teacher was the worst. The worst. (laughs) So mean. (laughs) So, yeah. A lot of mean people in this movie. Like, she was a very nice, kind girl. Legit. Like, Mandy Moore was a total (laughs) a-hole. Yeah, but she really was. Mia's best friend, Lily, was also kind of the worst for the first half of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I also feel like she... Okay, so I have an older brother, and I feel like it's hard when one of your friends likes your older brother because you're like, like me, like hang out with me. So I feel like that doesn't like justify Lily's attitude, but I do feel for her in that sense. And like some, there's like some part of it that I that I get like it's like a jealousy that you want to be the one that your friends like even if it's not in a romantic way like you don't want them to come over and be like oh I'm here to hang out with your brother (laughs) that makes sense totally oh and Sandra I like her mom (laughs) oh my god Sandra I love Sandra give me a little under the Tuscan sun yes (laughs) Gupta Okay, well, um, wait, you said the mom. The mom was also like, yeah. how crazy is that that you don't tell your daughter for 15 years that you she is a princess? <laughs> so, oh my God, yeah. Like, so BT wrong. dubs. So wrong. That's so wrong. <laughs> That's like that other movie um, with Amanda Bynes. Yes. I can't think of it. I, uh, oh <laughs> my like, gosh. You don't know, but. I love that movie. A girl. What a girl wants. What a girl wants. <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> with Colin Firth. Oh, what a good movie. Oh my god, that's a great movie. 
great music montage. Okay, what about Julie? What's the deal with Julie Andrews, like astrologically speaking? Oh gosh, I love her so much. Uh, so in real life, Julie Andrews is a Libra, and she's totally oh she's, <laughs> she's totally giving Libra here as well. So that's why that's also part of why I gave Mia the Libra moon. I feel like Julie's vibe was bringing that out in her, but she just exudes this, you know, the diplomat and making sure everybody's feeling good, looking good. She's a royal. She understands her role. She's sort of like about the balance, about the harmony of the kingdom. You know, her presentation is good. She has an eye for beauty and refinement. And yeah, that's Julie's sitch. Her voice is also very diplomatic. Like even when she sings, like I think back to Mary Poppins and every single word is like spoken with detail. Totally poetic. Well, I'm glad we have. So there's two Libras. Yes. Annie and uh, Annie has some Libra and Julie. Julie's got some Libra. Yes, girl. Well, let's move on to the Devil Wears Prada. I feel like the Devil Devil Wears Prada is a grown-up Mia Thermopolis continuation story if she never found out she was a princess. Yes! I love that. She does go back to that, like, I have no fashion sense <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the Devil Wears Prada. I'll do a little quick synopsis. Perfect. Uh Andy, a.k.a. Annie Hathaway, has just graduated college. She's living in NYC with her hot-ass boyfriend and has zero fashion sense when she lands a job at the prestigious runway magazine, a.k.a. Vogue, as an assistant to the one, the only, Miranda Priestley. Will things be easy? Think again. Her co-worker, Emily, who thinks she will finally get to go to Paris, reluctantly teaches Andy the lay of the land. But the real hero teacher is Mr. Stanley Tucci, who drags Andy into Runway's closet to give her the makeover she needs and deserves. While Andy starts to get better and better at her job, hashtag Harry Potter, Potter books with the twins on the train her personal life dwindles and her hot ass boyfriend becomes not so hot ass andy's changing and he's like why though in the end of the movie andy not emily goes to paris huh where she finally thinks to herself what in the hell am i doing and this bitch throws her phone in the fountain because she's finally done with miranda Priestley, aka the devil who be wearing prada <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so, <laughs> so much to break down i love it <laughs> all right and that's my synopsis brilliant i love that emily doesn't so, go to paris <laughs> i know she finally does but it's the wrong emily <laughs> so many links um okay well yeah like i it's literally like mia thermopolis from the beginning again in this movie where she's like yes. getting ready juxtaposed to all these like beautiful model women who are also getting ready it's like that whole montage beginning that's such a, what year was this like 20 like late aughts? i think it was 2006 okay wow all right so you know these early aught movies love their montages and you've got like this whole credit roll in yes. as the film starts and all these models are getting ready and they're all putting on loads of makeup and like changing their outfits a bunch of times and 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 you know andy is just straight up like throws anything on knock doesn't care she's a very practical person uh, clearly smart, focused on career, highly ambitious, practical. Uh, I I would say she's like a bit stubborn, you know, as far as like her sort of on a high horse about what matters and what doesn't, especially when she does apply for the job at the magazine and she thinks it's all sort of in a way beneath her, which doesn't really make her any better than the people at the magazine, if that makes sense, you know. Or she... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so for those reasons... 
Like, and, and obviously we see another evolution, you know, the same as Mia Thermopolis. We see her start to be this like sort of frazzled, you know, gangly, doofy looking woman to someone who actually pays really close attention to what she puts on and realizes that the outfit really elevates the presence and the personality and ties into career and ambition. And so by the end of the movie, she's like a fashion model in her own right and everybody's paying attention and she really climbs the ladder to the top of you know she is Miranda Priestley's right hand girl at the end um until she realizes that that's not what her life should be about because she realizes sort of the value of what's actually important so I really had to sort of pin her against Meryl Streep's character as far as like they must have a lot in common and both of them sort of reach the same fork in the road that makes sense interesting yeah like Anne Hathaway's Andy she chose to focus more on what meant more to her she saw like Miranda Priestley was almost a foreshadowing of what her life could look like if she kept on that road you know divorces and the career always coming first and even though obviously Miranda Priestley is the top of her game there's no higher position in the fashion world she is it you know everybody wants a piece of it she's truthfully not so happy you know even though the the best line ever at the end you know she's like everyone wants to be at us you know everyone wants this and like the question is do they because ultimately she's behind closed doors it's pretty sad you know her husband both like I think she's what through three marriages she's got twin girls who are young you know they have got to see their mom go through all these like public embarrassments to a certain extent obviously there's the idea of like a female in power and how that's her her you know personal life is paid much more attention to for that reason the fact that she's just you know simply a female and that draws more attention to oh so she should be more focused on her family etc so there's a lot of pressure on her and Anne Hathaway who sort of ditches this sort of simple life that she had with Adrian Grenier her boyfriend who's yeah this... <laughs> he's so dreamy uh where he is (laughs) he was like where did he go he disappeared completely off the map entourage true but like he had such a moment back then he did have a moment back then yeah um, i digress uh so yeah (laughs) basically we see you know this classic you know do i you know embrace the simple life and like follow my heart versus follow the money and the fame and all of that so there's definitely this fork in the road and Andy, as a character, chooses to go back to her roots, to get grounded again in, in a reality that she was like, no, that, uh, life is about what's important. And those are the people you love and who love you. And like, it doesn't really matter all of this glitz and glamour and prestige that that she was so caught up in for so long a time. So I'm calling her a sun in Aquarius. This is Andy, by the way. Aquarius sun, Capricorn moon, and then again, I need your help because I was okay. gonna, <laughs> I was gonna pin her as a Sagittarius rising again, like Mia Thermopolis, just because of this presentation. But I also wanted to kind of go with Gemini, just because she's very like chatty when she's nervous, if that makes sense. So, yeah, no, definitely. So between um, Sag and Gem for a rising was where I was at with. I Andy. like Sagittarius just because you said that it was a continuation of Mia Thermopolis, and I do see that. It's just this like next – and honestly, it was filmed pretty soon after. I think Princess Diaries, we said, was 2001. This is 2006. So it kind of is just like her next yeah. step. Okay. So I'm going to go with Sag. Cool. Love it. I'm into it. 
Um, I went I went with the cap moon just because she is I, I didn't call her out as having any water because as much as Andy is sort of in tune with certain things like she feels you know she, she's very concerned with Emily you know as far as even though Emily treats her <laughs> like crap for most of the movie yeah. she really doesn't want to step on, over her you know and and take Paris away from her because that's all Emily wanted to do was go to that Paris trip for Paris Fashion Week and Andy feels super bad when she gets picked instead but you see the sympathy but she still chooses to go you know she chooses the career yeah and and she even i mean she chooses the career over a lot of things for most of the film in in her life like she misses her boyfriend's birthday she misses like things with her friends she's really like going for it so i see that as her emotional plane is kind of this goat climbing up the mountain the ladder of success the ambitious you know, she needs a career that feeds her emotionally. So I see her as, as chasing that. So I, that's why I called her Capricorn Moon. And then the sun in Aquarius. I, I wanted her to be Aquarius just because of this sort of rebellion against the fashion world in the beginning, which she ultimately, like, comes to terms with. And then, I guess, sort of at the end, reinforces that initial belief that this is all just this kind of bullshit world in her mind and she was right about it and she's going back to that mentality um but she needed to get where she needed to be like she needed to use that in a way she used the fashion world to get her to to her level of success that she reached at the end of the movie um and what propelled her forward ultimately in the career that she actually wanted to pursue so i call this aquarius just because of this rebel spirit where i think everybody the higher percentage of society would you know, want to follow trends and want to read fashion magazines and want to be a part of that glitz and glamorous world. And she really just genuinely didn't. And I think that's very Aquarius. So Sun in Aquarius for that reason. And I guess we'll talk about Miranda in juxtaposition of that with Sinistry reasons. You know, here... The exact opposite of Andy in so many ways of the presentation where you have this like fabulous woman. Um, she's super particular. She's super judgy, blunt. She's intense. Uh, everyone's afraid of her. And she's really manipulative. Like she does these. Yeah. yeah she does these like horrible things with it's like deprivation manipulation where she takes things away from you so that you want it more it's like really she did some messed up stuff in that movie she's just like yeah even her house is like there's two closets like just have one closet if you're gonna have to put the coat in the closet that was a lot it was a really hard decision for her to make exactly (laughs) yeah it's almost as she gets a certain (laughs) sense of enjoyment over watching people squirm you know because it's it's a power trip there it's like a little bit of that thirst for power for her and, you know, even at the end where she pulls the rug out from under one of the, the owners of the, the magazine or whatever was about to happen. Someone was about to steal her job. Yeah. Um, and she pretty much threw poor Stanley Tucci under the bus. So that she... I know. So sad. The Tooch. <laughs> he, this is like, he's he's the best in this movie. I love him in every movie for the most part, but he's, this is like. One of the I know. I agree. He's also so good in that other, the Emma Stone movie, um, where she's like, I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Yes. Isn't he her dad or something? 
<laughs> he's the dad. He's just so good in everything he's, he's in. He's wonderful. He's so <laughs> wonderful. So, yeah. So Miranda, I just see her as this really, and she's secretive. You know, it's giving a lot of Scorpio, a lot. So I put Scorpio in her rising sign. So because okay. remember, she every time you see her at a social event, that's when we see the rising sign presence. And she's so good at being this sort of social butterfly and charming and like very magnetic. You know, everyone's drawn to her and she knows exactly what to say and how to read people. She's intuitive. You know, she's sort of like she sees things before they come. That's why she was able to like blindside the whole Stanley Tucci situation with the, you know, uh, promotion. So I called her Scorpio Rising. I wanted to do, and this is fun because I've like have I really was on the fence about all of these characters in this episode where I need your help for deciding between one or the other. But her moon, okay, for her, like you know, think about what Miranda Priestley needs, like what her secret self is like, her emotional state is like. And I was torn between Taurus or Cancer, and. Okay. Taurus, like moon, I thought of because there is something a little bit like sensual and grounded about her. And obviously, a Venus ruled zodiac sign like Taurus would work here just because of her role. You know, she's a beauty editor and she obviously likes to be surrounded by colors and beauty and aesthetics. So that was kind of my lean towards Taurus. But there's also, and, but Taurus, she could have other. Venusian elements in different parts of her natal chart so it doesn't have to be that direction um, but this moon placement could also read cancer where because she's secretive and protective of like her close-knit family group you know she's sort of this like motherly figure uh, deep emotion deep intuition sensitive but won't let you know it because her shell her outer shell is really hard so that could also work as cancer so what are your thoughts on those two yeah. options? Or you just say both. <laughs> I kind of feel like it is both. I was leaning more towards Taurus when you uh, first said that part. But then when you just said the cancer part, she is very protective of her family. Like she's that scene where Andy is trying to figure out which closet it is and she can hear them arguing. I feel like she would never do that if she knew that Andy was actually in the house. And then like, so I think I'm going to go with Taurus. Okay. Love it. Taurus it is which is just I was just like supporting cancer and then I'm like I'm gonna go with Taurus. <laughs> no I mean again she could have these energies in other places in her chart which is which is the beauty of the chart she's like very layered and very complex these are just the big three they don't are they're not the end all be all of her so okay so we're gonna call her a Capricorn sun a Taurus moon and a Scorpio rising and I mean since we're discussing Stanley Tucci I guess we'll talk about Nigel a little bit just oh please <laughs> overall vibe is just he's got this chill energy he's just even keeled he's gracious he's forgiving he's empathetic intuitive he's sort of this like black sheep in the fashion world even though he's very obviously fashion forward and aesthetically oriented he's nice you know and no one else is really nice <laughs> they're all very judgy and like mean so yeah he takes it out of the closet <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely was reading a taurus Piscean Libra combo here. I didn't get too deep into okay. where they fit, but just those are sort of the energy. Like there's something grounded and sturdy about him, reliable about him. That's that Taurus, you know. There's this Piscean ideal of art, artistic creativity, dreamy, 
in touch with people's emotions around him, aware, and Libra the same, like aware of other people's feelings, you know, charming, gracious, those qualities. And all of these are very artistic signs too, which he clearly is in this movie. And then you talk about Emily, uh, super judgy, the judgiest of them all, <laughs> super critical. <laughs> Uh, but even in that sense, she's super like desperate to please, you know, she's secretly sensitive, even though you would never know it because she protects herself very well. And she's very dramatic, like every little thing she's like up in a tizzy about, like very like overly over the top stressed. So again, I have a, another dilemma. I went, I wanted a Scorpio son or an Aries son. I think I'm leaning Scorpio Ooh. just because of this. I was going to say Scorpio too. Yes. And Scorpio. again, not because you just said it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm going to ask you first next time. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Love it. No, I agree. I agree with you. I definitely agree. So we're going to say Scorpio sun. I gave her a Leo moon though because of the drama. I could see that for sure. Right? Like when she's sitting there with that cold and like her face is like crusty and red, but like she's still working her ass off. <laughs> yes. She's, just, she's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. She's really, you know, she, and she's fiery and she's she wants to be recognized. She wants a little piece of the fame. She wants a little piece of the prestige. She wants to be around these people who recognize her and she wants the, you know, the, the spotlight in many ways. I just feel like that's a Leo moon energy she wants the clothes from fashion week she wants to be she wants a piece and then yeah i gave her this virgo rising because of her sort of like kind of manic need for this organization and routine and structure and she gets really frazzled when things don't go according to miranda's schedule and she she's very she can just get very chaotic and I feel like she works best alone, which is a very Virgo thing. She doesn't like to rely on other people because she knows that she could do the job better herself. And her, yeah, <laughs> because it's in her rising, it's a lot to do with her physical presentation. And that is, uh, she's very well put together. You know, she's not supermodel Giselle, like the cameo that we get of Giselle in the yes! movie. Yes. <laughs> but she's Giselle. Like Giselle. But Those glasses. <laughs> they're so hot. She looked great. Um yeah, she did look great. <laughs> but yeah, we, she just she's just always well put together. She's very like clean and orderly, and that just was giving me Virgo rising. I love it. Anything else for the Devil Wears Prada? Just the last scene is my favorite scene of the movie. Yes, so good. <laughs> and I think it was improvised. I'm I'm not positive on that. I feel really? like I read somewhere that the very last line, you know, where she's. She's sort of emotionally looking out the window and like oh, she smiles. And that's like what I mean about the um, deprivation manipulation. Like it's the first yeah. and only time in the whole movie that you see her genuinely smiling, you know, not smiling to put on the charm, but like genuinely smiling. It's the first time and as an audience or even like, like, oh, it's just like it's even more reactive to it, which is so cool. And then yeah. her choice to turn, drop the smile immediately, and just be like, go to the driver. It's just <laughs> so good. It's so brilliant. That's Meryl Streep. That's why she wins every Oscar ever. She <laughs> yeah, just seriously. <laughs> well, the devil wears Prada or Cerulean. <laughs> I liked the Cerulean scene, too. That's great. You don't even know what Cerulean is. <laughs> okay, let's take things 
if you're still with us, to a totally new genre. Let's get into The Dark Knight Rises, the final film in Christopher Nolan's epic Batman trilogy. Gotham has been... Okay, I'm going to go into my synopsis. Sorry, I just went into it without even telling you. I'm going to go into my synopsis. So Gotham has been missing Batman for eight years in this final chapter after he took the fall for Harvey Dent's death. We have Bane, a crazy-ass terrorist, and Selina, a.k.a. Annie Hathaway, a.k.a. Cat Burglar, cats out of the bag, whose bad ways kind of force Batman to come back and do his thing. But will Batman be able to win this battle? I mean... He's Batman, so duh. But we don't get that duh right away. He's got to work for Gotham safety. That's all I wrote. (laughs) I was born in the dark. (laughs) That was my Tom Hardy Bane impression, guys. Hire her. (laughs) Each episode, we have to talk about how you could be hired. And this one, it's for (laughs) Bane and voiceover purposes. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> when Tom Hardy's not available, Jennifer Baker is. <laughs> I got this, Tom. <laughs> okay. Catwoman. Yeah. Kind of my favorite comic character of all time. Selena Kyle. First of all, sexy name. Second of all, I was like every time when I was a little girl, I used to like, you know, when you would play pretend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was playing like house um, though. I would. <laughs> I was playing cat burglar (laughs) (laughs) around the house like a cat. I was obsessed. I wanted my name to be Selena. Oh, my God. I ran around in a cat outfit. Really, really favorite comic character ever. So Catwoman is a role, I think, historically has big, big shoes to fill. Big leather, small leather costume to fill. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. So ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Holly Berry, sadly not the best film, but ridiculous in the outfit. Yes. <laughs> um, so here comes Annie Hathaway in this leather fit. Work. And she killed it. She absolutely... I, I had my had my doubts. Being such a fan of this character, I was just like, really? Anne Hathaway? Like, I think she's beautiful. I think she's super talented. But this is like a character that requires sort of this really honing in on sex appeal yeah in my opinion that there's just got to be this like darkness this very like what's the margot robbie character that's opposite joker um, um harley yeah. quinn i can't think of it. <laughs> it's very like <laughs> it's very like mentally deranged it's it's you know borderline psychotic i was very curious to see how Anne would roll with this yeah and i think she was incredible like she plays good crazy <laughs> absolutely and when i was re-watching it in the beginning she almost reminded me of mia and andy because she is acting she's like the server and she's acting like she's clumsy and like doesn't know and then she like turns into selena and you're like oh shit like to me i was like gemini like she's got like she's like played this these two sides very well very well my favorite is that the bar scene where when she kidnaps the yes. politician yes Oh my gosh. And they all, all the cops run in and they're shooting and she's like screaming and then she immediately like snaps fingers. She's like stone faced and like ready to fight. Like super, that was so good. That was such good acting. Yeah, she killed it. All right. So Selena Kyle, sexual, feline, rebellious, borderline psychotic, athletic, smart, manipulative, 
I gave her, just like you guessed, a son in Gemini. Um, because oh my she- god! Redemption! <laughs> you did it! You did it! <laughs> <laughs> definitely possesses this duality, this ability to flip between roles when she needs to. Um, I gave her an Aquarius moon because in this particular film, she's very... You know, she's a thief and she's a successful thief, but she's not really stealing. Like she could steal and make herself really wealthy at this point or she could amass things that would elevate her platform in some sort of way. And she doesn't. She seems to be stealing to give back. She's almost like a Robin Hood type of character where she's only getting what she needs and she's very protective of the people because it's the Gotham isn't a very delicate place. And now this terrorist is coming in and everybody's being held hostage, basically. And so... She really cares about the people and she wants, she's like, she's looking out for the community, you know, mostly for like her own community, like the poor. She hates the rich. That's clear. (laughs) She's very like anti-rich, like the storms are coming, batting down the hatches, like that whole line. Um, So I gave her an Aquarius moon for this reason where she thinks differently, you know, from, from the rest of the crew that she rolls with in this sort of comic world where she's just like... She, she doesn't want the rich to succeed. She sort of wants this sort of uh, utopian society type of thing. And she comes from poverty. So she just knows what it feels like. And there's this juxtaposition between her and Bruce Wayne and this tension for that reason. Yeah. Sexual chemistry on fire. <laughs> Especially with that suit. Damn. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> yeah, but both of the suits. So good. But so and obviously I had to incorporate some Scorpio in here just because of this like absolute chemistry that she's got this intensity this like mysterious magnetism the darkness you know all of that is really reading Scorpio so I gave her Scorpio rising you know she's that first scene where we're introduced to her where she's playing the waitress and she's all like yeah you know, charming and she knows what to say and, and how to act and how to be around the rich people and how to blend in. That's So that's all really Scorpio. So that's my big three reading for Selena Kyle. And I think I think Batman in general, and I always say this, and we're definitely going to do like a comic episode soon, but Batman is... Oh my quint- God, I would love that. Yes. <laughs> Batman is quintessential Scorpio. He is like, because of the secrets and the self-sacrifice and you know you have the juxtaposition between the bruce wayne character it's just uh it's it's such a good archetype read but yeah that's really all i got on dark knight rises <laughs> except for michael i was trying to look up if da- if batman had a birthday oh does he because you know he's like a yeah character i'm seeing some stuff but i feel like it's based on when it came out not his actual birthday. Okay. Got it. Um cuz this is saying April 7th. Okay. I mean, I could see that. Aries, it would be an Aries. But he's got some serious Scorpio. But then it's also saying September 21st is Batman Day. So there's like <laughs> conflicting information and then there's something here is Batman was Batman born in October. So I don't think that there's a Okay. Oh, wait. What Zodiac is Batman? Bruce Wayne is a Scorpio Zodiac (laughs) sign, which belongs to the water element of astrology along with Pisces and Cancer. Yes. Well, look at that, girl. I wrote that article. No, just kidding. (laughs) I (laughs) read 
<laughs> you just wrote it. You put it on Google. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, yeah, I well, can definitely see the Scorpio energy. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. just really fun to see. I like. I'm glad that we chose these three films because you just see a whole different side of Anne's range, and because this is such a dark and cool and sexy and kick-ass character. She's such a badass, and that's so different yeah. from Mia Thermopolis and Andy. And it's almost like you said before, like this, she keeps going. So she starts out as Mia Thermopolis, then she kind of turns <laughs> into Andy, and then she kind of turns into Selena, which is has – Selena has a lot of similarities in my mind to, like, Miranda. Uh, like, there's – Yeah. <laughs> to, like, throw in Meryl Streep as well. But yeah, you kind we kind of see her like going on this journey from like kind, sweet Mia Thermopolis to like sexy badass. I will kill you <laughs> in my hot ass cat suit. It's definitely Annie Hathaway. A, yeah, it's definitely a power evolution. It's definitely a female revolution, which is appropriate. Yeah. Okay, so to wrap it up, can we go back to Annie's big three? Yes. Annie's big okay, three as a as an actress as herself yeah as like herself <laughs> okay um Anne Hathaway's big three she's a Scorpio with a Libra moon and a Sagittarius rising so forget everything I said in the beginning Jen is still <laughs> the leader of the pack but honestly if I got it right that probably like would I probably would have looked it up so at least you know I was telling the truth or I kept I, getting it wrong. Or I would just drop out of but, the show. You could just take the show over <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> this is the industry. I'm Tina and I'm Tina. <laughs> no, this would not be possible without you. But in the future, I'm going to continue to guess if that's okay. Uh, yeah. Not every episode, but maybe if there's something I'm comfortable with. And my goal is to get it right. By the end of the episode, I kind of got it with like the Gemini. I feel like I called that. You're on a road. You're you're in an evolutionary process, Tina. <laughs> like Anne. Yeah, I don't know what road it is, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like a loop. <laughs> it's a dead end. Uh, so if you're still with us, thank you so much for listening. This has been our Anne Hathaway, Annie Hathaway episode. We talked Princess Diaries, Devil Wears Prada, The Dark Knight Rises, and got our big three for all. And I've actually really enjoyed doing this format. So hopefully we can do this again with a different character. And I definitely, like you said, want to do a Batman, maybe like Marvel episode and get into the people. Yeah, I got a guy. Got a guy. Oh, you got a guy. <laughs> All right, guys. So we have a Marvel episode, I guess, coming up. So <laughs> cat's Mar- out of the bag. Yes. <laughs> Stoked. All right, well, everybody. thank you again so much for listening. We will see you next time. I'm Tina. And I'm Jen. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.